yes, we just sang What Child Is This? And maybe you thought, is that a Christmas song? I mean, we definitely sang it on Christmas Eve, right? But while we were singing it on Christmas Eve, I took a note for myself that said, this is actually an Epiphany song, which I know is a super nerdy note to take for yourself, but I was very excited about it. Every January 6th, we celebrate this story of the Magi visiting the baby Jesus. It is, however, seldom that January 6th falls on a Sunday, so we actually have the rare Epiphany Sunday on a Sunday. And again, I know no one is nearly as excited about this as I am, but it is Epiphany Sunday, so hooray. I wanted to take some time today, because it is Epiphany Sunday, to dig into this story a bit, this holy day which begins a whole season called Epiphany in the church. So I'll get to that in a second, but I want to take a little second to explain what Epiphany means before we really get going. The word Epiphany means manifestation, which you know, really just felt like a word that I didn't know to describe another word I didn't know. So I looked up manifestation, which means an event that clearly shows or embodies something, or as another way to say it, an obvious sign. So epiphany means something is shown to us. We are given an obvious sign through an event or moment. That makes sense because epiphany comes from the Greek word that means to reveal. All that is to say that this day and in turn this whole church season is about God being revealed to us. So then it's important for us to take note in this time between Christmas and Lent, this epiphany season, to take note of which stories are heard and what they reveal to us about God. That is the point of epiphany, is a revelation. To get us started into what might be revealed today, I want to read to you from the wise man monologue that we read as a part of our Christmas cantata a few weeks ago. No matter if you heard this already this year or you're hearing it for the first time today, I'd like you to just take a moment and listen for what sticks out to you knowing that today is Epiphany Sunday. So wise men came from the east after they saw a star appear in the night sky and they followed the star until they found Jesus. Listen now to one man's story. I am a man of logic. I have always been a man of logic. I have made a sensible life for myself by making logical choices and strategic moves. I learned early on that the only thing a man can count on is himself. The world is unsteady, and one can only steady it by hard work, right answers, and good connections. This way of life worked extremely well for me until I saw that star. Until I saw the thing that made no sense. I tried to make sense of it. Believe me, my colleagues and I studied the astrological phenomenon in depth for many days. We deduced that it could have some connection to Israel's prophets when they spoke of a future king. Finally, able to learn no more, we put away all of our calculations and packed for a long journey. We just needed to see where it led us. This was our first departure from logic. We inquired about the star to the king in Jerusalem, but he appeared to have no knowledge of the star's meaning or the one to whom it may have pointed. 
He asked many questions, and we suspected he felt threatened by this prophecy, which validated it for us. It was not just a small story then, if a grown king was scared. Not just a small baby then, if he could light up the night sky. We continued our journey with growing excitement. We followed and we let the light lead. I had never followed anything but myself until that journey. And as suddenly as that star had appeared in the sky, one night it just stopped right over a small house. It made no sense for us to kneel down. It was not logical for us to take out the fine gifts we had brought and carry them toward that humble door until I saw that child. And then somehow it all made sense. A greater sense than me or my small knowing or my small life. I repented and I worshipped and I returned home new. And then on our cantata Sunday, the choir sang, What child is this? Because it's an epiphany song. That's right. It's an epiphany song, not because we just happen to sing about frankincense and gold and myrrh, but because there is a question asked in that song, What child is this? And then that question is also answered, revealed in that song. This is Christ the King. Revealed. Now, Matthew's gospel is the only gospel that includes this story at all. So we take a closer look to see what Matthew is trying to reveal to us about God and Jesus through this telling. Now, despite that we call this Three Kings Sunday or Magi Sunday, the main character of this day is not, in fact, the Magi, though I will get to them because they're awesome, but it's not Jesus either. This story is really, really about Herod. Now, Herod responds to the news of Jesus. How he does that reveals a lot about Herod himself and also about what Jesus is here to do. And one thing is very clear through this response, and that is that the birth of Jesus is, was, continues to be a threat to power. Herod hears about this child born, and he, it says in this gospel, he was frightened. And not just Herod was frightened, but Matthew's gospel makes a point to say all of Jerusalem was frightened by this news. Jerusalem was the seat of power for both the Roman and the Jewish leadership. So a new king, one who had been foretold for generations, who was supposed to change everything where none of them would have control over it, and this will definitely mean less power for both the Romans and the Jewish leaders. Oh, yes, they are frightened. Herod sends those magi off and says, hey, report back so that I too can go and pay homage to this new king. Yeah, okay, Herod. So the magi leave by another route because they're not fools, and Herod is so mad that the next paragraph in Matthew's second chapter is Herod ordering the execution of all boys under the age of two in the area of Bethlehem and surrounding. 
scared. Herod is someone who is trying to do everything he can to hold on to his power. And here we sit on this morning thinking, you know, I'm really thankful I'm not like Herod. I mean, I definitely do not resort to trickery and lying and murder when my power is threatened. But maybe we are more like Herod than we like to think. See, what do we do when our own power is threatened? When we might not be the one in charge or have the majority anymore? Do we change the rules? Do we put up walls? Do we create systems that benefit us with little or no regard to the other? Do we insulate and isolate ourselves so everyone looks and thinks and acts like we do that is around us? Listen, I don't like to think about this any more than you do, but maybe we are all a little more like Herod than we like to think. This story is, after all, a revealing one. Now, even though this story is about Herod, we can't just ignore the Magi, and we shouldn't, because like I said, these guys are awesome. And we have many names for them. We call them the wise men. We call them the three kings. We've called them magi. And we really know a lot about what this means. There has been so much scholarly research done about this story, about these three men. And the current scholarly consensus is that they were priests. This is what the Greek word used means when we say magi. That's from the Greek word. These men were from the area of Persia, which is why we say from the east, where the official religion of that day was Zoroastrianism. Do not ask me to say that again. That is likely not one religion many of us have heard of before, probably not, but it is actually one of the world's oldest religions. And long before the predominant religion in the area of Persia became Islam, it was Zoroastrianism. Now these priests, they were scholars, they were teachers, they were astrologers. They were knowledgeable about the world, and they often read the stars and the sky to understand and make sense of what was happening. They were scientists. So it is no wonder that these three observers of the sky would notice when some new star just showed up one night. My scientist husband said it was probably a planet or a comet, but for our purposes, we're going to keep saying star, okay? One of the reasons I really like the monologue from the cantata this year is because it reminds us that sometimes we can do all the observing we can do and still at some point we have to put away our calculations and set out on a journey to just go see. So off these guys go. And not only do they pack it all up to follow a star, but they do it in the most illogical and also most subversive way possible. Again, they're awesome. They don't fall for Herod's tricks. They don't follow his orders. They don't even give Herod the gifts they bring to the most important people. That's what these three gifts are for. When you show up as a visitor to a town, you bring these gifts and you give it to the person with the highest 
status of the place you're going to visit. So they come into Jerusalem and they don't hand over those gifts to Herod. That is a statement. Like I said, they're so awesome. These wise men very unwisely choose to align themselves with a baby king, with Jesus, not with the powers of the land. They, as that monologue so wonderfully said, they let the light lead. And it makes no sense, but at some point they just had to stop trying to make it make sense just to go and see what it revealed. Not a small baby then, if he could light up the sky. That's what we're asked to do today here as well. We too are asked to stop trying to make this story make sense. We too are asked to lay down our calculations and our tools and just see what is revealed. One of the things I like most about Epiphany is that it asks us to continually be on the lookout for what God is revealing to us. This is a kind of countercultural ask, especially at this time of year where everyone is making resolutions to eat better or drink more water or spend more, less time on their phone. I said more, I meant less. Resolutions are not the same as revelations. See, resolutions require us to follow some set of rules and we generally fail a couple weeks into the new year. Revelations ask us to be aware and open and to just see what God is revealing. And what I like even more is that what God reveals is different for each one of us. So instead of a resolution this year, a revelation. How is God showing up for you? Because make no mistake, God does show up. God always shows up. So today, because I know a lot of other churches do this, and I thought I would try it out this year with Prince of Peace, also because Chad's in Africa and he can't stop me, I am going to, we're going to try to celebrate this revelation of the new year with star words so i have two baskets i know some of you are wondering why those gold stands are at the end of the aisle and you've been thinking about it all service and now you know they're going to hold these two baskets of star words they're just a word written on a star not a planet or a comet sorry sam but a star If you choose, and no pressure to participate, and no judgment if you choose not to, there's no problem there. But if you do, on your way back from communion, you'll pass a basket and just take a star. Now, don't stand there and dig around in the basket until you find the word you want. I know you. Just take a breath, pick a word, and go sit down. That, That word is your star word. It is a word through which you can reflect, a word you can come back to, a word through which you can notice how God is being revealed to you. It sort of gives you a focus to think about. Throughout the whole year, stars are always in the sky, right? They are revealed one by one, little by little. 
as it gets darker. And sometimes this is kind of how God is revealed to us. Sometimes it's not until our own lives feel particularly dark when we notice God is there with us. It's why so often God showing up in the world is described by images of light. Because sometimes God showing up feels like just a little bit of light in the darkness. I participated in this Star Word tradition with a group of pastors last year after one of them did it at her church, and she had some extra words. So when we gathered for our weekly text study, she asked us if any of us wanted to do it. And the word I chose was ease. Let me tell you, I was super not excited about that word. I was like, excuse me, what? Uh, Ease did not feel like a word I wanted to think about or reflect upon at all. But in a year that was particularly not easy, it was interesting to see how this word continued to come up, to show up, in the times where I kind of needed it the most. How God was revealed to me through that word. How things were hard and yet I found ease. Found God in places and in moments where I would not have thought to look or even notice. So we're going to try it. If you decide to grab a star, bring it with you back to your seat And reflect on it for a little bit. Usually the first instinct when you take a star is, oh, I don't want that word. But when you sit with it for a moment, you start to feel like it might be right. Then take it with you when you leave today. Instead of just stuffing it into your purse or your pocket, never to be considered again, maybe put it somewhere where you'll see it more often, maybe daily. Or maybe where you'll see it on occasion. And reflect on that word on more than just this day. Epiphany is a season after all. And ask yourself what God might be revealing to you through this word. Epiphany is the celebration of God's presence being revealed. One person, one moment, one bit of light at a time. Just like the stars. So consider taking a star and see how Epiphany goes with you on this day through the year. Amen.